how do you price an ad on your channel? That's probably the most common question we get from other creators. And it was the biggest question we had when we first started on YouTube. So we're hosting a live workshop on how to price yourself. This is everything that we've learned in the past 13 years of being on YouTube and our simple three-step process that'll help you develop concrete pricing. So if you wanna join us for this live session, just go to colinandsamir.com slash live. Enter your email and you'll get all the information about our live event on May 9th. All right, hope you enjoy this episode of The Colin and Samir Show. The episode you are about to hear was recorded the day before the fires hit here in Los Angeles. Now, there's fires all across California right now, and they're some of the worst that we've ever seen in the state. Los Angeles has been through a lot in the past week. People have lost their lives, they've lost their loved ones, and they've lost their homes. There are ways online where you can donate and help out, and we'll include those links in the description of this podcast, but we just wanted to start the episode with a moment, a moment where we can just think of the firefighters and the people who have experienced so much loss in the past week. In times like this, it's very important to exercise empathy and really try and sink in and understand what other people are going through. Today on the Colin and Samir podcast, we have our first returning guest, our good friend, Jack Coyne. As a refresher, we met Jack earlier this year and ended up on a road trip with him that was fully documented on YouTube. If you just look up RV trip on his YouTube channel or the Jack Coyne Chronicles on our YouTube channel, you can relive that experience and trust me, it was a great time. Since then, we've all become very close friends and Jack and Colin actually ended up getting an apartment together here in LA. Last week, we sat on their couch and turned on the mics to talk about some topics that affect us as online creators. On this episode, we talk about the importance of writing. We talk about picking the right projects, talk about advertising and dealing with the pressures of your audience on YouTube. All right, so here is our second episode with filmmaker and our friend, Jack Coyne. You got to sneeze? You know when it's coming, but it doesn't. <laughs> okay, should we wait? Why don't we wait for the sneeze? No, it, pa- it passed. It okay. Passed. Uh, my eyes are watery. All right. Well, welcome back, Jack. It's good to be here. We're sitting in a row right now. <laughs> we are sitting in a row, which is strange. I've never done this before. We are all sitting on the same couch, facing the same direction uh, on this podcast. I might turn and, what and I, face you're you. You're in the middle. So yeah. You're in the yeah. really row. All right. I may go right. get a stool. Yeah. Maybe go get a stool. All right, so Jack, this is your second time on the podcast. Yeah. And the last time we had you on, I think, was in March. I wasn't the first you were guest, the first, was I? You were the first guest. Here we go. Yeah, there this we go. This is a landmark. This is a landmark. I mean, we've done, this is the 28th episode, so it's it's been a long time. 28 Colin's weeks. Colin's back with the stool. All right, Colin's back with the stool. Uh, 28 weeks. Congratulations. It's going really well. Yeah. You guys it's going found great. Your, found your form. It's really fun. It's, it's, a, it's a very different format than video. Uh, and it's just been a really enjoyable thing to like meet different people. And even for Colin and I to just talk through things on air, I think is really fun. Can I borrow this and try and do my own this afternoon? Yes. Do a little JC pod? Sure. A little JC solo pod? Absolutely. <laughs> so a lot has happened since... You know, not only since we met, but since you've been on the podcast last, we're actually sitting in your apartment, which is also Colin's apartment. Thank you. Outrageous. Which is outrageous, right? The fact that you guys live together is insane. 
it's insane. It's, 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 well, we don't really live together. Yeah, yeah, I don't see this guy. I'm never here. <laughs> but technically, yes. We kind of knew that, though. I just got this place so I could vote in California. Exactly, yeah. No. You travel a lot more than we do, I think. Um, I'm back and forth between L.A. and New York. Um, I've been spending a lot of time there. But, I, I, yeah, it's crazy. I got this apartment. We settled in. We found our groove when we were on the road and we were RV guys. Yeah. It was like, I was like looking over at Colin sleeping in the cab above the driver's <laughs> seat. And I was like, I want to live with that guy. <laughs> this is comfortable. So you now live a, essentially, I guess like a bi-coastal life, but you live like, you're just all over the place. Um, and yep. since, like when we were on the road with you, that was the first week or two weeks after you were leaving like a job, like a traditional job. Yep. And now you've spent most of 2018 working for yourself. Yeah. I'm curious to hear what the experience has been like now that it's been, you know, six, seven, maybe eight months since uh, you've been self-employed. You've been a creator. Uh, what's that like to go from that job environment to then taking the leap to being a, a creator? It's awesome. It's awesome to have the freedom to you know sort of be able to take any opportunity that's in front of you um to not have to have the same routine every day of going to the same job that's really um uh, liberating and uh creatively it's been it's been fun because i feel like i've learned a lot about the types of videos that i like to make and want to make i've gotten a lot better i think at making videos um and so all that stuff's been fantastic. The hard part is over the course of, you know, a long period of time, continuing to understand what it is that you want to share, what are new new things that are happening to you that you, that you want to tell a story about, um, which, you know, is, it's great, but you want to, you want to main, you want to sort of keep the, keep people who are watching your stuff engaged, but you don't want to just make the same thing over and over again. We were talking about this a little bit yesterday, right? Like, to have success on YouTube sometimes means to find like a, a very specific um, format or genre to like keep making stuff in. But for me, it's not necessarily um, th not fulfilling for me. I want to make new different types of stuff. You know, every month it's like, let me change course and try and do different things. And so, so that part of it can be a little bit scary, um, but fun at the same time. So when you look back since the RV trip, what are some, projects you've taken on that you look at and you're like wow that was that was awesome like that was a that was a really cool representation of, of what I want to do um this year like whether it's it's a branded project or even just like a video you made for yeah for yourself uh, um a couple things uh there was a branded project that I did with Chromebook Google Chromebook where they gave me a lot of freedom to sort of tell uh tell I did three different pieces um and we, so we were working together over the course of like two or three months and they gave me a lot of freedom to tell whatever type of story I wanted to tell. Um, and we're super supportive of that. Um, and this was, you know, I, a branded piece with, um, Chromebook and I was actually using that device a lot. And I, I found all these like, you know, um, I found it a really helpful tool while I was doing, while I was actually telling these stories. So it was, it was authentic in a way, but it was cool to sort of over the course of time change course and make a bunch of different stuff in partnership with the same brand. So that was a fun experience. Um, Matcha Bar, making a video with them over the course of three months. 
four months, something like that, and then having an end piece that I was really, really proud of, excited about. So I guess the common thread is is these longer-term projects where you work on something and you don't just turn it around in a day or in a week, but you're sort of gestating over this idea a lot um, and making it better and better over the course of like two or three months. I think that's really that's something that I found really uh, fun and enjoyable. I think it's really interesting that those two projects are kind of supporting, um, you know, a brand or, or a product on like telling their story, right? Especially the matcha bar one. I thought that was a really interesting project to watch you do because you were supporting friends and, and uh, people you knew or, or a brand to tell their story yeah. properly. And then you, you put in your style in that. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's interesting. Is there, a, is there a balance between, obviously, as a creator, like your job is to make videos for someone. Even if a brand comes in and wants to sponsor you, like yeah. you're making videos for someone. So is there, is there a, a big difference that you feel between making a video that's 100% like just for you that doesn't have a brand involved uh, and working with someone else to, yes, to make a video? Totally. So no, I don't think there is a huge difference for me personally. I'll tell you why. The reason that I do this, the reason I got into this is because I wanted to be a filmmaker like from when I was a kid growing up, right? So how do you become a filmmaker? Um, back in the day, you go and move to Hollywood and try and get a job in a studio on the set of some feature-length movie. But we, we live in a world where you have YouTube and you can make whatever you want and put it on online, right? So whether I'm doing something for myself or doing something that's in partnership with a brand or whatever, for me, the end goal is to just like make videos that I'm proud of that I think are well-told stories that have some that are visually interesting. And so I can do that making a video that's about me, starring me, only involving me. I can do that about something that's totally different, that's some brand that I'm telling their story or helping a friend tell his story or about his company that he's starting or whatever. At the end of the day, it's just different avenues of, of telling stories and creating videos. And that's what I that's why I'm doing this is because I like making movies. I don't like, you know, having a job where I'm at a desk, where I'm working for a company, when I'm not making movies. And so this is just an avenue, no matter what type of story I'm telling, to just keep making movies. But do you like the branded side of it? Like the advertising side of it, actually, like making an ad? Yeah, I, I like watching ads. I love ads. Like I, I, like I love, like, one of my favorite things about the Super Bowl is ad advertisements. I think some of the most creative, interesting work is advertising. I, I started working with with uh, Casey when he had this show, this HBO show, but shortly after that he started doing a bunch of these really crazy innovative ads, like Make It Count. That was a huge inspiration for me, this video that was sponsored that was for Nike, but it was just this epic, awesome video that you wanted to sh show all your friends. You were like, check out this video, it's so dope. And it's an ad, but it's still an awesome yeah. video. Like some like Nike commercials, like mm -hmm. all those old Volkswagen or Volvo yeah. commercials or Volkswagen commercials. Like remember the BMW video series, like in the early two thousands, that was like these email links. Remember that? Like mm -hmm. I forget what that was called. But it's like advertising is sick. It's just these short videos. It's not a feature length movie, but it's this short story that can be so well done. You can do something so clever and smart. And so I think that like yeah, advertising is awesome. Especially think, in America. That's what it's all about. Everything's advertising. I think that's something that we've learned about you over the past years, that you enjoy advertising. It's something that we enjoy doing as well. And with the Make It Count video specifically, when we were growing Lacrosse Network, that opened our eyes in a huge way of that, like, wow, you can get creative and make something that people actually want to watch and it's attached to a brand. And if anything, as a filmmaker, it's just like, 
it's an added constraint. It's an added creative challenge to incorporate the brand's message. And in a way, constraints can make it easier for you to know what to make. I put out a video yesterday that was branded piece, right? And everyone in the comments, for whatever reason, they didn't like it. They were like, this is an ad, ad, ad. It's like, yeah, it's everything is an ad. Like, and if there's no brand involved, it's an ad for me. But like, that's not the point. The point is that it's an interesting story, Mm -hmm. right? Like the point is that like, did you watch this and were you entertained by it? Or did you get, take something out of it besides the fact that, oh, this is an ad. Yeah. But what is an ad for? What? Oh, you're watching it right now. It's really good. Yeah, what did you what did you learn? Like, there's other stuff in there. Like, yeah, you can see some of the comments that are in there. It's like people are, they were like frustrated or upset. It's like, okay, I guess you didn't get anything out of this. I guess I didn't tell the story well or something. But like, yeah, it, it's an ad. I'm not trying to pretend that it's not an ad. And that's what an, I like. It's a story. That's what I like about it, though. You don't pretend that it's not an ad, and we try and do a similar type of thing. When I look at what's happening on YouTube with all of these ad reads, where it's a video and then at the end there's an ad read that has nothing to do with the video it's fine i mean like i respect it as something that like helps these people have careers on youtube so i totally respect those opportunities and understand if you don't want to make your whole video about the ad but as a fan of like one advertising and just transparency to our audience if someone comes and incorporates their brand into one of our videos on our channel i want to make it fit as well as possible and, and do something similar to you do where like it, it's, an, it's integral to the story. I just had a, I'm going to make a movie about this, about advertising. You just had an idea yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There I, you go. I, uh, like, yeah, this is a I, movie that I want to make. I mean, why advertising is awesome or something like that. Dude, like, a- yeah. advertising is so much of uh, a, a lot of the inspiration that we've like gotten in our lives, like Colin and I, in our creation over the past six years. Actually, if I was to list the most inspiring videos I've watched in the past six years, I think probably 90% of them are ads. Probably 90% of those are made by Casey, um, whether it's the Mercedes-Benz. like He opened my eyes to what advertising could look and feel like, but the most inspiring piece of content I've watched on YouTube that like really changed me was the Oscar Boyson's coin ad. I mean, like when I watched that, I was like, this is the most enjoyable piece of content that carried an advertising message inside of it that I didn't even, I wasn't even, I wasn't, a, I don't get upset when like advertising, I, it's like surprising for me to see these comments of people really upset about advertising. Like I don't get upset, but that Oscar Boyson's coin ad was like really changed me. And I think Casey's Mercedes Benz series, cause it was a four part series about making an ad, which ended with the ad. And I think that's inspired a lot of the work that we've done. We've done we've done stuff exactly like that where it's like if we're gonna make an ad let's bring you behind the scenes and show you how we're making. We literally made a piece with New Balance that was a four part series about making an ad. So, I mean, advertising is so rad. Yeah, hundred percent. So, there's I want to shift uh, some gears right now. Should we do the read real quick? Yeah, let's do (laughs) this podcast is brought to you by. (laughs) Um, One thing I really am fascinated by with you um, is that typically whenever we meet up, like we last week we were in New York and, and I met you at a coffee shop and yesterday morning I met you at a coffee shop here in Silver Lake. <laughs> typically when... Common theme. Yeah, typically whenever I, I meet up with you, A, I'm always late, so you're always there. And we're drinking coffee. And we're drinking coffee, but you're always writing. Yeah. You're always writing in a notepad. 
um, and not only like have I watched you write your videos, which I think is um, you give a lot of time and effort and, and respect into writing the concept before picking up a camera. Um, but it seems to me like I'm, I'm, I'm always fascinated by people who write. So what are you writing in your notebook? And do you have like, what does it, what does it do for you creatively? Um, what am I writing? I'm writing the date at the top of the page. So that's, uh, and then, yeah, I write the date at the top of the page and then I just write whatever I want after that. It's just stream of consciousness. Sometimes it's, so it's like, so it's a variety of things, I guess it's notes okay, this is what I'm thinking about today. This is what, what I want to accomplish today. Um, it's stream of conscious, diary style. This is what's going on in my head. This is what I'm thinking about. Putting those like thoughts onto paper, I think help you just be like at home with yourself and what's going on and have a better understanding of like what, what's important to you in that moment. And then you can like look back and think of themes so like over the last month I've been writing a lot and I can look back and like there's certain words that are circled over and over again. It's like, okay, wait a minute. This is something that's really important to me right now. Maybe I can make a video about this. And I've already written most of the video over the course of the last month in these different pockets. And so, so yeah, I mean, yeah, writing is usually important. That's where ideas are. And it's just about taking those ideas out of your head and putting them somewhere. When and how did you come across that? that there was value in writing yeah. to the video process? Um, to the video process. I mean, it's not even necessarily to the video. Pro like, there's there's value in writing in life. So that's something that, like, when I started working, um, Casey was like, take a note, take a note, have a notebook and write everything that I tell you and, like, don't, so you don't forget stuff. So he's like, I want you to paint this thing. I want you to do this, move this here, call the IRS, blah, 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 right? So it's like, okay, every, he says 25 things in, in two minutes. I write all those things down. Then I can look back and say, oh, right, I, you don't forget stuff, you know, because it's written down. You have this note, you have this, like, map for where you need to go. Um, so that's where, so that's where it starts, right? It's back there. It's like making a plan for your day, making bullets, making a checklist of things you can accomplish. And then it's like, it's like, okay, what else do you, do you add to that? It's like, that almost ends up being like a diary that you can look back on and say, this is what I was doing on this day four years ago. What else do you add to that? This is what I was th thinking about four mm. years ago on this day. This is what I wanted to achieve. These are my dreams. These are my aspirations, et cetera, et cetera. And so then all those things I think just become when you're making movies, you're making videos, you're making videos about things that you're just thinking about or, or themes or topics that are of interest to you. And so where do you draw those from? You draw those from the stuff that you've been writing, from the things you, that's been coming out of your stream of conscious or whatever. Mm -hmm. So instead of just it being abstract and picking up a camera and going, some people are really good at that and can just keep that ideas in their head and just use the camera as their pen or pencil or whatever. I'm not good at that. I can't organize my thoughts as well that way. So just having a place where all this stuff information exists all these all these thoughts and ideas exist for me to pick from is just hugely helpful so what's the next step for you once you have an idea in your notebook and you decide like i'm going to make this into a video more writing so yeah so instead of like un underneath the date then i'll put like a topic or the title of the video or something or i'll like or a brainstorm and write a bunch of top like title ideas and then i'll like okay this is what the title idea is this is the core theme of the video and then i'll write intro you know paragraph one paragraph two paragraph three and then conclusion and so you fill out the intro you fill out the conclusion and it's like okay this is where i think this is going to take me how do i get here and that's like what the core of the video is so like this video that we were just talking about right that i put out yesterday 
was called What Happens When You Google Yourself. And it's this idea that I've been kicking around a lot recently where your online personality is very fragmented. It's like a million pieces all over the place. It's your Instagram. It's your Twitter. It's this thing. It's, it's an article that someone wrote about you, etc. And there's no way for you to really control what that narrative is unless you put it all in one place and you and you tell the story of yourself through like a website for example or a splash page or something that if, if you go to jackcoin.com jackcoin.net actually you can you can learn all about me you can see all the videos I've made you can see all the things that are important to me and that's an actual representation of my personality I've, I'm kind of like going all over the place but that was sort of like the conclusion right mm-hmm. is like have a place for all that stuff to live so your so your online personality isn't fragmented. So then, how do I get from from the intro idea of like what happens when you Google yourself? Why are we so spread out? To how do we get to this conclusion? It's like fill it in with all these ideas and facts and other information that you can find that's interesting. Yeah, that's what I like, especially about the videos that I've seen that you have coming out and the one you put out yesterday. Uh, you can and any of your voiceover pieces, you can tell that writing is so integral before you start filming. And I feel like lately we've been working with different young filmmakers and working on edits with them where we're not actually out there like filming and editing and holding the camera. And it's, it's so clear when you'll get sent a cut and you could see that there was no writing beforehand. And what I always tell like young filmers and editors is if you have a cut of, of your episode or whatever it is, and you're not sure if the story is right, transcribe your video into written form. Like say like this scene, this happens, then the title card and see like, just from looking at your video, does your text make sense? Totally. As a story? Yeah. And like almost sometimes like work backwards. Like if you didn't write and you have a cut and it doesn't make sense, write your cut down, transcribe yeah. it back into written form, and then you'll see the gaps of like what you need to fill in. Totally. Yeah. I mean, that's everything that you see on screen, everything in a moving image is expressing some kind of idea and is, is telling you something. So you should be able to put that into words and the, and the audience should say, okay, this is what I'm understanding from this. Like that's what filmmaking is. I think every step of the way it's like, what am I telling this person in this moment? What am I, what is this shot explaining to the audience or making them feel? And I think this, uh, the one thing I wanted to mention is that I don't think this applies exclusively to filmmaking. Like if you are, listening to this podcast and you're, you know, whether or not you're in a creative industry, if you have an idea in your mind or ideas in your mind, or even just want to explore yourself more, writing every day can really help because there's so much stuff that's happening in your mind. And we're, we're very, very overstimulated right now. Like we're we're taking in so much totally on a constant basis. Like in an hour's time, if you really think about how much information you're taking in, it's pretty wild. So to just get information out rather than constantly focusing on the input, like just get it out of your body and out of your system, it's actually an incredible uh, exercise that I've recently really learned about. And so like watching you write, that's why I wanted to ask you that question was because um, I've started to adopt it and I've seen people do it in a lot of different ways. Um, But I really like the concept of just putting the date at the top and just writing. Yeah, it's like like therapy. That's really cool. Yeah, Yeah. totally. And, And Yeah, and I think you nailed it on the head like you're we're overstimulated and so for me to spend like half hour in the morning writing it's like the phone's away the internet's away the only thing that's important is what's going on in my head Mm -hmm. and then the rest of the day i'm like more centered yeah and and again this this applies if you're like trying to launch a brand or just even trying to make something happen like getting the information out of your mind is so important totally so i have a question for you now uh to to go back to to go back to some of the advertising stuff how do you pick a project? 
like the the thing that's really interesting when you're a freelancer or a creator is you, you have this tension between having to generate revenue and pushing on a um, a goal and yeah. you get presented with all these different opportunities um, that come your way. Have you said no uh, to opportunities and how do you de- decipher when to say no um, and how do you say no? Well, uh, I'm never going to make a video like on my about me on my YouTube channel for something that I don't actually use or wouldn't actually use because I think I wouldn't even be able to write something about that that felt real or authentic. So that's step one. So I, like all, all the stuff that I've turned down is stuff that you know brands or companies or products that I've just haven't used would never use. And so I it's like right away it's like no I can't do that for you because that's not me. Um, the things that I accept are the things that are the most exciting. It's like, okay, is this project going to be something that enables me to make a video that I'll enjoy making and feel like I can tell a story that's compelling and maybe the audience can take something away from it or there's some value there. Like, I don't want to just make something that's totally light and airy and has no value because I want to respect the time of the people watching it. And I don't want them to feel like, okay, I just wasted 10 minutes like of him blabbing, doing nothing. Like I definitely so so is this is this is this next video going to be an opportunity to create something that's valuable for me and valuable for the audience and an engaging story to tell, and that's kind of it. That's how I decide. That's pretty simple and good. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, I like it. I think it's it's hard it's hard for Colin and I to decipher uh, when to say no because I think that there's some sort of anxiety, at least that I have, around like. Is this the and, and this is this I know this is wrong, but I need to sort through this. But like, is this the last opportunity I'm gonna get from like a totally a yeah, revenue no. perspective, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Or like, hundred percent. Is am I gonna? Is it gonna be? It's like when you're driving on a long road trip and like there's a gas station, and you're like, okay, I actually have no idea if there's gonna be a gas station for the next hundred or two hundred yeah, miles. Yeah. Like when I go into a parking lot and I see the first space, I'm like, eh, I could probably keep going. Maybe I'll find a closer one. Yeah. I always end up taking the far parking spot and walking really far and passing open spots. I mean, it, it depends like if the far parking spot is still going to be something that you have fun making a video in that parking spot. Like, <laughs> is that a good video? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, even though it's as further, long as it might... it's as long as it's something that you're going to enjoy doing, it's like, do it. Like, and yeah, maybe you'll miss another opportunity because you're working on this other thing, but but if the car fits, whatever. The car fits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, I think the situation you don't want to be in is, okay, now I'm making this thing for this brand that I don't like, and I'm making this video that I don't like, and everything. This sucks. And then you're putting it out, and you're like, this is a fucking embarrassment. This is so shitty that I have to do this. And like, thankfully, so far, I never feel that way when I put stuff out. But I think a lot of that is due to the fact that I think about that a lot before I even make the video. And I make sure that they're on board with, hey, this is the idea, this is the concept, this is the only way I can do it. I'm not going to fit in some other thing last minute or we're canceling. I think it's interesting. You mentioned respecting the audience's time. It's a really interesting thing in life to have an audience. Sometimes I feel like there's like you and the way you feel and then the way you think your audience feels. Like in my head, that's where I have like, it's sort of segmented when I'm thinking about making a video. It's like I have like the things that I like and then I project what I think the audience would like as well. How much of like the audience's expectations sort of affects you or weighs on you? Like you mentioned, you had a video, you put it out. Everyone's like, oh, this is just an ad. Like how much of that actually affects you? 
Definitely, it hurts, man. It's hurtful when they're when people shit on you, but at the same time, it's a reminder. Like, hey, you're the most. You're the primary audience. You're the one who's the most important. And I, I before that, I, before I was a video maker, I was a video consumer, and so I still think about it as like, is this a cool thing? Would I want to watch this? Is yeah. there something about this guy or the stuff that he's putting out there that's going to be exciting to me, no matter what he puts out? Can I keep surprising the audience with different type of different types of things, and have them still feel like, okay, cool, I'm into this. This is fun. This is exciting. Like that's the kind of stuff that I was always into was creators who. I felt like every time they were going to put out a video, I was going to be surprised and delighted with mm. whatever it was. And so that's that's what I'm. I think of myself as like the the person, the first person in the audience. And I think that the re- I have good taste, or I mean that's subjective, but I have the t- taste that's appealing to me. And I think the reason that people like my videos is because they also share that same taste, so they like my taste, and so that's why they want to watch the stuff. And so if I watch something and I'm like, okay, my taste says this is cool, they're going to like it too. That's how I think about it. I think that's like the great thing just about the internet. Like no matter who you are, like your interests, how weird you feel, like if you can put your interests into a video or into a photo and Instagram, whatever it is, like you'll find people who resonate with you the same way you would find people in real life. Like you'll find like you have a group of people who like your tastes. So that's what you're on. And hopefully if you're sort of, true to yourself and know yourself and, and put out videos that you enjoy consistently, you'll attract an audience that feels the same way. And then that's like a more comfortable relationship with your audience. Yeah. So yeah, we it, like earlier this week, we had the opportunity of, of meeting a, uh, uh, you know, television producer and, and filmmaker named JD Roth. And prior to the meeting, I listened to a lot of stuff with him and he said something really interesting that really stuck with me. He just said, don't have a backup plan, which sounds counterintuitive, but he just said, if you have a backup plan, most likely you're going to take the backup plan. So, I don't have a backup plan. So, and, and I think for me, a lot of times I'm, I'm uh, trained and triggered to have some sort of backup plan, which is what I think leads you to a challenge in decision-making when it comes to projects. Meaning like, okay, I need some safety. But, you know, what he was saying was don't have a safety. Just figure it out, whatever it means. If it means you're, you got to move in with a family member because you're trying to become a filmmaker and it's taking a long time, like if you really want it, don't have a backup plan. And I thought that was a really interesting thing. I'd, I'd never really heard that before. Yeah. So. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, I, I feel that way. I don't, I don't have a plan. So I, right. I don't have a backup plan. <laughs> I don't have a primary plan either. Just, right, right. I'm just uh, existing right now. I mean, yeah. dude, there's so much like, gnarly shit happening in the world like right who knows if the planet is going to exist anymore? yeah that's like true. you know what i mean like yeah. like the environment it's bad like politics is crazy like war there's going to be more war like who knows what the hell is going to go on yeah so if you're thinking about life in a way that like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna be set up here for 50 years it's like you don't know there's so much other shit that's way out of your control that's like why would you why would you make your life so like on the straight and narrow like my parents like have like traditional type jobs and they they told me like my dad's a doctor he's like you don't want to i was like i don't want to be a doctor because i don't know what the what the situation is going to be in 50 i don't want to be a lawyer because i don't know like what the courts are going to be like in 50 years or like i don't know there's so much 
I don't know. It's yeah. kind of, I'm all over the place, but you know. No, what no, I'm no I I get it. Yeah. yeah. No, I think it's really interesting. So uh, the the thing that we talked about yesterday when we talked about turning on the mics and, and recording, the question I wanted to ask you and the question that I think I've been pondering a lot recently is the in the social media age, right? In in the age of YouTube and, and Instagram and uh, being a creator, um, the, it feels like there's a little bit of a tension between like cr- creating the projects you want to create and sharing your life. That those are like filmmaking and sharing are kind of two different things. They can also coexist, but sharing your life, which is some like Colin and I always talk about this. There's certain types of creators that like when an event happens, when something happens that everyone's talking about on social media, they're immediately going to turn on Instagram live or Twitter live and just start sharing, yeah. right? And sharing their experience. And that's the value that they bring and and their craft is like the, that connection point. Um, and I think sometimes we have like confusion and like, wait, are we, should we be sharing more or like, or, or should we be taking longer on these film projects? Cause in the world where people are sharing regularly, and that is a lot of the product of what's out there on YouTube and, and Instagram, how do you feel about the difference between sharing your life and, um, you know, spending more time on, on telling a story or filmmaking and going, going long periods of time without uploading? goes back to the thing that I said about respecting the audience, I think, a little bit. Respecting their time. So, like, yeah, share, share, share if it's going to be valuable to the audience if and if it's going to be valuable to you, the audience of one. If it's not, you just have to do that equation, I guess, every time you're, like, going to share something. It's like, is this valuable? Is this, is this people going to, is this going to be worth it for me and everyone else? If so, yes, do it. If not, don't do it. It's not worth it save wait and put out the next thing that's really good like there's i think that there's really successful creators who who create videos every single day and there's really successful creators who create things once a month um it's just about whatever your rhythm is making the best thing making the thing that you feel like is the best output that you can at that time um so the other part of the question is like taking a long time off i think when you're making YouTube videos and you have a channel that has your name on it, obviously it's going to be reflective of your life and your experiences. So for me, I, I want to make stuff that's real and authentic and, and an accurate representation of what I'm going through and like the stuff that we're talking about that you're writing down every day. Like that's the stuff that I want to share. And I've been spending, I've been taking, I took a, a long time, since I've been taking a lot of time between releasing videos recently because I've been going through a lot of family stuff and personal stuff that I'm not, I haven't figured out exactly how I want to express that thing in video form. So I'm not going to rush to put something out that doesn't live up to the standard that's in my head or doesn't feel like it's really representing what sort of what I'm thinking about and what I'm going through. So when the time comes, I'm going to put it out. And I think the audience, even though they're going to say in the comments, well, like, how come you don't make as many videos anymore, man? Like, you should put up more, like, publish more often, whatever. It's like, okay, cool. I guess that's a compliment that you want me to make more videos, but I'm not just going to make a video just to make a video. I'm only going to make a video if it feels like something that is important to me and respects my time and your time. And if, if you're not living up to that, then don't do it. And then in the meantime, personally, what I get to do, what you guys get to do, is make brands for I mean make videos for brands and clients and stuff that doesn't exist on your channel so like you could still have revenue coming in you still have a job mm-hmm. and while you're making this other stuff that's a little bit more mindless that's editing projects or shooting projects for other people whatever 
you can still carve out the time to work on your own thing and, and really come up with what that idea is that you want to express. Yeah, that's really true. I think uh, it's such a funny era because like I definitely feel certain levels of anxiety. Like if we go two weeks without releasing an, a video, like I definitely start to feel it and like be like, what's going on? Why are we, what, yeah. like, why have we not come up with something or like yeah. what, what, what's happening? I don't, I don't like that feeling at all. I feel that way too. And sometimes, sometimes like, and it's, you're right, it is a compliment, but sometimes someone will like send us something on Twitter that's like, what's the deal? Are you guys going to make a video or what? Yeah. And in my, I get like, ang- I get like pissed. I literally, I'm like, fuck off. Yeah. Like who the, I know it's like, I'm like, who the hell are you, man? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, and I, it's weird because I know it's like a night, like they want you to make a video. Totally. But I, for me, when I wake up in the morning and, and I see that, I don't know. It like, it, it feels weird to me sometimes that like, other people out there that I don't know can affect how I feel in the morning. Yeah, it is. It's, it, but you just got to deal with it. There's, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, I mean, it's not that, like, it's that, just, it's, that's it's a huge part it's of it. It's just my immediate real. reaction. Totally. When and I know, but it's in it a hundred percent. Cause it, you're like, Oh shit. Yeah. I do need to do this. Yeah, but at the maybe same time, true. they know it's better off. You, you, they, you just need to know, okay, listen, buddy, you're better off with me not making a video because I'm going to make a shitty video right now if I make a video. Instead, wait another two or three weeks when this really good idea comes out, comes yeah. across. That's the response I should give after a deep breath. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny even the tone that you read that tweet because we both talked that day of that tweet and I was really excited. I was like, dude, people want us to come back. It's awesome. It's like yeah. an encore. Like if people are cheering you, if you step off the stage and no one's saying one more song, that sucks. And like the but, <laughs> yeah and yeah. colin I, I called colin and i was like dude did you see like people are tweeting Not asking cool. us to come back and colin was like i fucking hate that <laughs> and i was like oh yeah yeah me too yeah dude yeah it sucks man like but it's funny how how we interpret those things um and yeah it's just a funny era in 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 content creation and in filmmaking like of course you get excited when uh like your favorite director is going to come back with a movie Um, But like the frequency of it now is like, it feels like it should be so much more frequent. It's also, yeah, but I I feel you when there's like a TV show that I'm watching. I'm like, when is the new season going to come out? Like, why is it taking so long? Like Curb Enthusiasm (laughs) takes like eight years between seasons. But it's like, you have other shit going on in your life. You don't (laughs) need another episode, another fucking season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. You can wait three years. It doesn't matter. Like it's gonna when it comes, it comes. It's good, yeah, cool. Yeah. Like there's you have so much other shit going on. That mm-hmm. guy, he's gonna tweet that. Come on, guys, making a. He, what what is he just sitting around at home at his desk <laughs> yeah. waiting for Colin and Samir to put out their next video? Da 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 da, da for like yeah. three weeks. Yeah. No, he's going to school. He's yeah, going yeah. to work. He's watching yeah. other videos. There's a billion fucking videos on yeah. YouTube. No one's he's waiting. watching all yeah. that stuff. It's like. Okay, he just tweeted it, but he, like, if you're sitting around and all you do nonstop is wait for Colin and Samir to put out their next video, get a life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do want to make it clear that like, do not stop tweeting that at us that because guy. yeah, shout that out guy. to that guy because it makes me really happy. But but don't tweet it at Colin. Don't include Colin in that tweet. Yeah, and RT <laughs> if you see that. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, I forgot to ask you this about writing. Uh, speaking of Twitter. It just reminded me. Let's do it. You tweeted out, and I have one of these pens too. You have like a four-colored pen. Oh yeah. Uh, that you said I gave was, it to you. Yeah, you gave it to me, which which I really love. I use it, and that's more with friends. I have no, but, yeah, but I have no idea when to use the different colors. 
So and, and I want to know what I'll is the, what's the process because I saw you tweeted and then Casey tweeted back and was like, yeah, like this is awesome, like four colored pens. And I'm like part of this crew now that has a four yeah, colored pen. Four, but four I, color pen squad. But I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> dude, there's so squad, many. Dude. Our I gave studio. you he one gave of the pens, us both. Dude. One. Yeah. You don't even you don't yeah. even care. Yeah, he you live in my house. Just, you yeah. don't even care about the pen <laughs> that I gave you. So right. here's the deal. Here's what you do. The date at the top is one color, red, because okay. red's the one you use most infrequently. So you put that in red. Bada boom, bada bing, and it just helps differentiate. This is the title. Themes, blue. Topics, blue. Big words at the top, okay? You know, mm. blue, underline, and then regular writing, black, always. Green, highlights, underlines, circling words, etc. Accentuating things. Wow. Red is when you cross stuff out. Negative, whatever. I love that. Come up with your own. No, no. I want, I want some sort of guide because I was looking at it and I was like, I don't know when to click the green. Like I'm just using the, the black. green is Loki the worst though. Uh, yeah, it's the it's green. The green looked. I looked at it green and I was like, when am I going to use the green? No, the other ones are really good though. Okay. Well, it's good to know. Three that, colored like, pen would be awkward. I, I'm glad. I'm glad to know there's some sort of system. I mean, if there's one thing to pull away from from this uh, episode and just some of this conversation is that writing is the most crucial part um, of having ideas. I think. Like I've I've realized that for me personally, that writing helps me actually unravel what I'm going to do with the idea in my head. And even make sense of that idea, and uh, this four-colored pen now is gonna is gonna change. Yep, that whole experience. Hell yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, well, Jack is in LA. We have no idea uh, when you're coming back. I'm leaving in two <laughs> days. Probably be back in another two months from now. <laughs> uh, so I'll be back soon. I'll be back in yeah. December probably. Well, I think going back for Thanksgiving, East Coast. <laughs> you know what I mean? East Coast. New England, yeah. fall, yeah. leaves, mm. all that foliage. I was situation. just in New York last week. It was unbelievable. Ooh, ooh, it's nice, baby. We don't have that Pumpkin here. Pumpkin spice latte. It's baby. hot. We could go. We could go to the beach right now. It doesn't yeah, make any sense. You should have seen Jack's face when the first morning you were here and we walked out to go to the gym. I turn around and Jack's just looking up at the sky, and I'm like, "What's going on?" And he's just like, "I don't know, man. Look at this. This is <laughs> incredible. It just was like so nice out. Everyone, it's like raining, shitty in New York, and yeah." But wintertime is nice. I'm going home for Thanksgiving and Christmas as well. I can't, Christmas. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. That's why all the movies are set ah, in New York. So good. No, it's the seasonal, no. the holiday yeah, movies. Not set in Los Angeles. Hit, him with the, uh, hit Jack with the last question. If you could. What? This is funny. I don't even know. Okay, go. <laughs> We've got a last question, go. man. Okay, so YouTube shuts down tomorrow, but your channel will stay up. You can only leave one video on your channel for all of time. Which one do you leave up? Wow. Hmm. That's a tough one. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> probably it's got to be one of the RV ones, I think. Wow. Oh, yeah. Like maybe like Malibu's most wanted. <laughs> like when we broke the RV, broke yeah. the awning, all that stuff. That scene where we're putting the awning in the car. That was movie magic right there. I'll say you can leave the whole series. It's so good. That was the peak of my life. <laughs> so we got to get back in the RV. When we so had we... the guy, the guy, the, the bogey guy, the guy, <laughs> we're in the, we the cop. The yeah, cop. we haven't really told that story. I mean, so we like the one thing you don't Pogey see. On your tail. Yeah, I mean, the one thing you don't see in the edit is how long we had to stay in the parking lot to figure out what we were gonna do with this broken awning, right? Yeah, and but it was like we also just 
were like, what are we doing with our lives? Yeah, like, yeah. There was a lot of, like, of contemplation and thinking. We didn't have to stay there. I was, I was really, I kept trying to use the word we, and uh, just so I didn't have, you know, much of the blame. Yeah. I was like, you know, man, I can't believe we broke this awning. Also, like, it's not like we were far from home. No, we, we weren't. We were like 20 minutes Yeah, home. yeah, yeah. I was not very far I from get, home. To this day, I get the blame. Like, people come up to me on the street, and they're yeah. like, hey, like, you don't drive RVs, man. Like, you're yeah. bad. You're going to break them. I'm like, Samir broke it. <laughs> but, so, anyway, it was getting late, dark. The, the beach was closed, and, like... There was some some people who started coming out on the beach, and the cop who was there with us was like, "You guys need to get out of here now." One there was guy. one guy. There was one clown guy. Yeah, there was one guy with clown eyes tattooed over his face who was kind of circling our RV at the time, and we, we, it was time to get out of there. The cop comes up to us and he's like, "You guys, uh, you see that bogey behind you?" And we were like, "What?" And he's like, "You got a bogey on your tail. I'd uh, I'd put that thing inside the van and get out of here." Yeah. <laughs> we look back and yeah there's like, a guy with clown eyes tattooed on his face walking towards us late at night no one's on the beach in malibu it was like yeah you're right sir we should get out of here yeah orange county baby all right well thanks for joining us on the podcast again always and anytime 28 weeks 28 weeks man it's insane episode 28 all right tweet at us colin and samir and at jackie coin with a Y, Jackie with a Y. Let us know if you want to see more videos from us and just put the pressure on for us to put out more. Yeah. Well, we are going to make another but, video tonight, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to go do exciting food, more food adventures. Food adventures. All right. See ya. That's it this week for the Colin and Samir podcast. If you have been enjoying the show, make sure to take a second and review the podcast on whatever platform you are listening on. Yesterday, we released a new episode of our show, The Breakdown. And in this episode, we break down the new social media app, TikTok, and talk about the effect of social media on our creativity. If you haven't checked it out yet, head over to our YouTube channel and let us know what you think of the episode as well as the series of The Breakdown. That's something that we've talked about before on this podcast and something we are constantly developing. We'll be making one more episode of The Breakdown before the end of the year, and we'd love to hear your thoughts on topics. Tweet at us, email us, and let us know what you think or what you want to hear about on The Breakdown. All right, we'll catch you next week for another episode of the Colin and Samir podcast.